Praise God. God is good. Amen. Amen. amen and amen. Woo. Hey, I'm going to continue on uh, where I was last week, and it's really important for us. How many want to hear from God? How many want to hear from God in the smallest details of life? Not just the big, yeah, we want to know the details of life, amen? And I tell you right now that the key for us, I said it earlier, I think what happens is that God is speaking to us a lot. He's speaking to us more than we think he is. Uh, we just simply don't recognize how he is speaking to us, even though the Bible declares how he will speak to us. He shows us, the Bible shows us how God communicates with us. I think a lot of times, too, that we just don't really want to hear because it's not on our agenda. Got quiet in here, didn't it? <laughs> oh, my goodness. However, for us to really hear God, we have to be willing to do what He's asking us to do. Whoa. In order for us to hear from God, we have to be willing to do what He's asking us to do. Does God know the beginning from the end? Do you know that God knows the number of hairs on your head? I mean, if he's that detailed about how many hairs you have on your head, do you think he's got a little more detail about your life than you do? I would say yes. I would say yes. So the key is, how does God, how does the Bible say God communicates with us? Through his number one way that God communicates to you and to me is through his written word. Number one way. The number one way. And Jesus said in John chapter 6, after he fed the 5,000, he said that my words, they are spirit and they're life. Spirit and life. His words are not just typed letters in this Bible. These are spirit and life. John chapter 1, it says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Then it goes on down there, and it says a little further down in that same chapter, it says then the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So who do we know the Word is? Jesus Christ is the Word of God. He's the living Word of God. Do you want to know Jesus? You better know the Word. Understand the Word and yield yourself to the Word. Do you know that you can resist the Word of God? You can stop the Word of God and the complete power of God by your unbelief. No, that's impossible. God could do anything He wants. Well, there's a great example of Jesus when He went to His own hometown. Yeah, the Bible says he could do no miracles there because of their unbelief. The Old Testament says that the children of Israel limited the Holy One. 
You and I can stop God from working in your life just by refusing. Just by refusing. But we don't want to do that, do we? No, 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 no. We want to learn of God. God has your best interest. He wants to bless you. The Bible declares that He has a plan for your life. He has a good plan for your life. A, a, a plan to prosper you. A, a, a good plan for your life. And if we don't yield to that good plan of life, then we're stuck in our own choosing. And that's a disaster. Anybody have a past before they came to Christ? <laughs> oh! <laughs> I never was thrown in jail, so. <laughs> Glory to God. So how does God, how does God, how does God speak to us? I came close. I did. Yes, I, I, was, I, I was the black sheep of my family, no doubt about it. When I was called into the ministry, nobody in my family believed it. They thought, no, God has gone crazy. He's asking you. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> but God does have a sense of humor. And I have said this for years and years and years, that Christianity is incredibly spiritual. It's incredibly spiritual. And how, we limit God by holding on to our intellect. We, hold, we limit God by being led by our feelings, being led by our emotions. That's not how God leads us. In order for us to truly understand how God leads us, we're going to look at some scriptures. I think this is on your outline. This is the first scripture on your outline. And I don't have a lot of the scriptures that I want to look at on your outline because I want you to understand how to go through your Bible. If, if this is the Word of God, if this is Jesus speaking to me, you know, personally, I want to know what He says. I don't, even though it does help me, I don't want to go on what somebody else says. I want to see it for myself. Proverbs, chapter 20, verse 27. The title of this message is How to Hear from God. How we can be led by God. How does God lead us? How does he communicate to us? It says this, The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the innermost parts of his, of his being. This explains to us that God will communicate with you and me in our spirit. The Bible shows that we are a three-part being. And that's the next thing I want to take a look at. Look what it says here. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. This helps us understand that first scripture. The first scripture is, The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the innermost parts of his being. 
And 1 Thessalonians says this, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit, soul, and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is the hierarchy of your being. Number one is not your flesh. Number one is not your body. Number one is not your intellect. If we are totally relying on our intellect and, and our feelings, we will be shut out from the things of God. Because that is not how God communicates with you or with me. He communicates to you in your spirit. In your spirit. How many were here last week? And how many have tried to practice recognizing and kind of like locating your spirit? Anybody? I see it. I see it. I see it. That's great. This is the idea. If we just hear things and we think, boy, that was good. There was a real good, I felt good after church. The praise and worship was incredible. Pastor Steve was okay, but, you know, <laughs> but I'm out. I'm gone. The idea behind coming to church on Sunday is so that you apply these things in your life. God is constantly asking you and I to change. If you're the same that you were three months ago, I can tell you that you have not been putting the Word of God first place. Because I'm not the same as I was three months ago. God is drawing us all the time. The Bible declares he, He's calling us out so that we will be conformed to the image of Christ. Conformed to the image of Christ. That doesn't mean we're going to have long hair and a beard and look like a Jewish man. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty lousy. <laughs> we're conforming to Him in character. We're going to have the same heartbeat he has. God's nature is love. And so he's trying to help us walk in love. It's not man's love. It's the God kind of love. And then we need to ask God to help us understand what that love is. Amen? Amen? It's not that I love my kids, so I'm going to the toy aisle and get them anything they want. Do you know that love, if you love somebody, you'll correct them? Moms and dads, if you love your children, you will discipline them. If you love them. That means you might have to get the ping pong paddle out every once in a while. <laughs> and the ping pong paddle because it sounds like it really hurt but it really didn't <laughs> it just sounds louder <laughs> you're a spirit being I'm a spirit being 
Remember what God said in the beginning? Let's make man in our own image, in our own likeness. Remember that? It's right at the beginning of the Bible. So you'll catch it if you just read chapter 1. <laughs> then Jesus said that God is a spirit. So out of necessity, if we are made in His image, in His likeness, then you and I are a spirit being. And our spirit should dominate our lives. Jesus is on the throne of our life. The Bible declares that if we believe in Him, we're born again, and then what happens? The Father and the Son come and make their abode in us. That means they live in you. The Bible says that these bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. This is why this is starting to make a little more sense here in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching the most inner parts of his being. If you and I really want to walk with God, if you and I really want to be able to have this communion with God, you and I must learn how to communicate with him his way. Amen? Anybody want that? I do. And do you know that this just doesn't happen overnight? <laughs> It'll take you a lifetime. But if you don't start now, you're, you're way behind. Okay? You're way behind. And this is really important for us. This is on our outline. Let's fill in these blanks here. It says, with our spirit, we contact the spirit realm. The Bible calls the spirit man the hidden man of the heart. The Bible calls the spirit man the inward man. The inward man. And if we remember that scripture we looked at, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it starts off with the most important spirit, soul, which is your mind, your will, your intellect, and then your body. Too many people, even in the Christian church, I think this is the biggest problem in the Christian church, is they allow their feelings to rule them. They allow their intellect to sit on the throne of their life. And then it goes back to the very thing. You limit the Holy One of God. Because that's not how He speaks to you. That's not how He communicates to you. Let's go on. With a soul we contact the mental realm. The mental realm. Do you know in the book of James, he's written this letter to the churches. To the churches. That means these people are born again. They're born again. And then he says this to them in, I think, verse 21. He says, receive the word of God in meekness because then it's able to save your soul. When you're born again, what, what happens? 
Your spirit is born again. Your spirit being a greatest miracle that could ever happen. Your spirit now becomes alive to God. God himself intertwines himself with your spirit. You're now a child of the living God. But your soul is not saved. When you're born again, you still look the same. But it says, with meekness, receive the word of God, which is able to save your soul. What is God wanting to have happen here? He wants your soul, which is your mental capabilities, to agree with your spirit. Lined up is correct. Have them lined up so that they become one. So when you start to think in your mind the word of God, there's a powerhouse that happens. What happens is that your spirit and your mind agree with the living God. And then what will happen? Your flesh will be then silenced. Because when you are born again, your flesh wants to keep doing the same things you used to do. Amen. And with our bodies, we contact the physical realm. And the Bible declares that we are supposed to do something with our bodies. Crucify it! That is correct. We're to crucify our flesh. And how do we crucify our flesh? Do we get up on a cross and ask somebody to hammer nails into our arms? We crucify our flesh by having our minds renewed to the Word of God so that the, the connection between our spirit and our mind is so powerful that you can tell your flesh to shut up and sit down. You don't rule this. You don't rule here anymore. You used to. Isn't that the truth? Our flesh used to rule us like crazy. Hey, I grew up in the late 60s, early 70s. Enough said. <laughs> when your mind is renewed with the word of God, it'll agree with your spirit because your spirit is in tune with God himself. And what has happened is that the church itself has really spent millions of dollars on our intellect to you know, make it keen and get it sharp. And millions of dollars... At, I've wasted, John, I've wasted my money at Planet Fitness. I'm, I know it's only $10. <laughs> but we've done all that at the expense of our spirit. Our, our, our spirits, I'll tell you what, our spirits are so, some of our spirits are so weak that you can't make it to church. Oh, I'll be there, Pastor. And your flesh rules. All the while, God is drawing you closer, closer, closer. All the time. 
And until we become, really the truth is, until we become spirit conscience, the things that God wants to get across to us will become very dull, if we can hear them at all. Because the Bible says, a lot of times, it says it's a still, small voice. Still, small voice. And don't you know that our flesh can really scream? I'm hungry. (laughs) I need another piece of cake. Bigger piece of cake. (laughs) Because spiritual things will become indistinct with us. We just really won't. We'll be so ignorant of it. And all the while, God is communicating with us all our life. All our life. We're talking about how to hear from God. God wants the best for your life. And most of the time, our thoughts don't line up with His. And in order for us to hear from God, we have to put it in neutral. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, you have to just tell Him, Lord, you know... This, what did Jesus do in the garden? Does anybody remember that? I mean, did Jesus really want to do this? No, he didn't. He said, if there's any way that this cup can pass from me, I'm for it. <laughs> but then what did he end up doing? He said, not my will, but your will be done. You and That's our neutral. That's where we have to be. We have to be in neutral. We have to be in neutral, but I have to bring it all around here. There are promises in the Bible as children of God that we have responsibility for. As children of God, it's also uh, a blessing that we have. It's in, it's in Peter. It says that uh, God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. You already have it. Okay? There are some things that the devil is trying to steal from you that you have to declare that they are yours. I am no longer a slave to fear... I am a child of God. If you don't declare that, fear will take over. We know that it is God's will that you do not be fearful. Amen? There are some things we know because God has already declared that these are ours and it is for you, it is for me. So therefore, we have to declare that this is it. We don't say, Lord, if it's your will to heal me. No, because we know that the Bible says, by your stripes I was healed. There's tons of healing scriptures in this Bible. Does that mean it's ours? Yes, it does. How do we get it? 
We agree with God and we speak it out of our mouth. We believe in our heart and we speak with our mouth. So there's some things there we don't have to stay neutral about is where I'm going. Okay, we know that this is the will of God. I know this is the will of God. And so I'm going to fight for what is mine. Jesus paid an incredible price on that cross. Not only that, he was tortured before he went to that cross. And not only that, he went to the belly of this earth, just like he said, and paid a spiritual price that neither one of us could ever comprehend. He paid an incredible price for you to fight the good fight of faith to obtain what is yours. He bought it. He got it for you. He got it for me. But we have to come back to that place where we have to be in neutral about things that are not quite so clear in the Bible. So we put ourselves in neutral. Lord, this is, this is my desire. You, that means, you know what it means? It means you, you need to know what's in this book. You'll go nowhere with God if you don't know what's in this book. If you've come to this church for any length of time, you know that we're going to tell you, read the Bible. It's your life. This is so important, guys. If, if this was the only thing that I get across to you, this is the most important thing, is how to hear from God. How to hear from God. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. The more spirit conscious we become, the more real the leading of the Lord will be. The more sure we will be that this is what God is saying to me. And when I say this is what God is saying to me, I'm not saying you're going to hear a voice. We don't look after, we don't seek voices. Hello. We're going to get some more scriptures here. If you just give me some time. Lord Jesus, I just, I'm asking you just to reveal the truth to us all. Romans chapter 8, verses 5 through 8 is what we're going to look at. Romans chapter 8, verses 5 through 8. The Bible tells us so much. It helps us to understand how to live in the spirit realm. Because God is asking you and I to live in the spirit realm all the while in this earth. He wants you to live in the spirit realm all the while that you still have a body. Look what it says here. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the mind set on the flesh is death. But the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. Look at this. Because the mindset on the flesh is hostile toward God. For it does not subject itself to the law of God. Look carefully. For it is not even able to do so. 
and those who are in the flesh cannot please God. This is a strong warning to us. It's a strong warning to us that God's not playing around. If you allow your flesh, because there's a mind of the spirit and the mind of the flesh, we just read it. If your mind is renewed by the word of God, you're going to be thinking spiritual thoughts. You will be in line with the spirit of God. If your mind has not been renewed by the word of God, you will be in a disaster in your life. You can't even please God this way. And the truth is, just like it says, you're hostile toward God. Oh, I love God. Jesus says, if you love me, you'll obey me. There's the acid test right there. If you love me, you'll obey me. Okay, so this is now we're getting into some really important things here. Okay, it's the spirit of man, our spirit. This is how God's going to communicate with us. It's through our spirit. Now, I want you to practice finding your spirit. Here's a, here's a clue. John chapter 7. You're right there in John 6, aren't you? Or was I... Just there. John chapter 7. I was just there. We just read Romans. John 7 verse 37. Where is your spirit? Where is it located? Is it in your head? Is it your heart? The beating heart? No, it's not your beating heart because that is flesh. The Bible says, we'll get to that scripture. Thank you, Lord. Verse 37. Now, on the last day of the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If a man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as scripture said, from his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. Other scriptures say out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. That's why it makes sense. Oh, it's the hidden man of the heart. It is the inward man. It's the inward man. So we need to pay attention to spiritual things. We have to become more conscious of our spirit than we are of the flesh or the soul. Now, this is on our outline here. Feeling is the voice of the body. Can we say amen to that? Amen. Yeah. Feelings. Well, I don't feel like it. Well, Jesus didn't feel like going to the cross either. I don't feel... Today's my only day to sleep in, Pastor. The mind of the flesh cannot even please God. So feeling is the voice of the body. Reason is the voice of our soul. If you don't have the word of God in your soul, in your mind, in your intellect, 
your flesh will continue to dominate you. And just because you don't see disaster happening in other people's lives that you know are just totally of the flesh doesn't mean that you're to give up on what you're supposed to do. Does everybody know that we're all going to stand before Jesus and be judged? Everybody. Christians included. We will be judged by what we've done in the body, what we've done on this earth. We will be judged. Was that work a work of faith, or did you just work that up out of your soul? And by your own grit and determination, you did it and got it accomplished. Or did you yield to the spirit of the living God and allow that to happen that way? Conscience is the voice of the spirit. Okay, now here's something really important for us to do. Understand that the mind of the flesh is hostile toward God. The mind of the flesh can't even please God. So is your conscience a safe bet if it's the voice of the Spirit? Is it a safe bet? I'll tell you right now, only if it's renewed by the Word of God. Only. This is why it's so important for God, that for you and I to renew our minds with the Word of God. I would hate to live my whole life, and then all of a sudden he said, you've been hostile to me the whole, your whole life. Your whole life. No, I've loved you. Let me go to 1 Timothy and read this to you. 1 Timothy, you might want to write this down. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. This is going to help you understand. Your conscience can be a safe bet if it's renewed by the Word of God. If it isn't, it's a disaster. Because your conscience will allow you to do anything. I hear pages turning. I'll wait till you get there. It's 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. We'll go to verse 1. But the Spirit explicitly says, explicitly says that in latter times some will fall away from the faith paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons by means of the hypocrisy of liars. Listen, look what it says here. Seared in their own conscience as with the branding iron. This is another real warning for us. Okay? God's not like your mom, where you can get away with things. And God won't nag you either. He says this, I lay before you blessing and curse. You choose. He tells you, choose blessing. <laughs> I'll get 100% if I do that. <laughs> 
So, conscience is the voice of your spirit. Now, Jesus said this too. He said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. His words are spirit and life. James says that we're to receive it with meekness. And the word he uses there is engrafted. Oh, that sounds really good. That means the truth of that means is that the word of God becomes part of you. And now all of a sudden you think with the mind of Christ. And when you think with the mind of Christ, you're going to be able to hear what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. I want that. Pastor Mamie and I have been doing this for over 30 years. And we have not perfected it. And what I'm asking you to do is to start today. Start today. Start today. Okay. So we're getting somewhere here. Romans chapter 8. Let's go back to Romans chapter 8. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. It's through our spirits that God is going to communicate to you and to me. I said earlier that we are not to seek voices. God does speak to us at times in an audible voice. Usually when that happens, that means trouble is coming. And that is true. And he speaks that way to you, so you have something to anchor yourself to. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. This is really important, guys. Here's another acid test. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. If you're not being led by the Spirit of God, what does that say? That's, that's what that says, doesn't it? If you're not being led by the Spirit of God, that means that you are not a son of God. Maybe we should just... Ask God to forgive us right here, right now. And I'm not kidding. Because we've all missed this. Not one of us have done this perfect. Not one. And, and so, Father, here we come to you. We're finding good things out in your word. And I'm asking you to forgive us because we have not done this. We have at times allowed our soul, our intellect, our reason to lead and guide our lives. I ask you to forgive us because we've also allowed our emotions and our feelings to lead and guide us. So I'm asking you to, in the name of your son Jesus to forgive this congregation. In the name of your son Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So now it's clear. After worship, I ask God to blow the wind of his spirit through the to move the clouds out of the way. And that's what happened. Now, it says here, for all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. 
I want to be known as the son of God. And that means that I have to become more aware of my spirit. That means I have to quiet my flesh. That means I have to quiet my soul. That means I have to renew my mind with the word of God. So that's how I judge what might come up in my heart, what might come up as a voice, what might come up as a leading or guiding. Because if it does not line up with the word of God, it is not from God. Folks, do you know what is happening in this world? Time is really running short. And if we're not keen with the Spirit of God, we'll be deceived. Yeah, and the deception is going to be very strong and very persuasive. And the only way we're going to be able to judge whether or not it's correct is the Word of God. All who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Okay, so we still need to know how is He going to speak to us? How is He going to communicate to us? We understand that He's going to communicate to us with our spirit. His spirit to our spirit. We understand that He dwells within us. So we are going to look for the inside we're not going to look out to circumstances. How is this? Okay. Oh, look, now that happened, so it must be this. Yes, Gideon put out a fleece. Anybody remember that story? Okay. If not, then that means you, you need to read the Word. You've got to find these things. He put out a fleece. He says, all right, I'll put out a fleece. Lord, if you do this, then I know it's your will. And so God did it for him. And then he said, okay, now we're going to reverse it. We'll put it over here. If, if all the way around there is wet then, and the fleece is dry, then I know it's for you. Look at this next scripture. Verse 16. I'm sorry, I didn't even tell you where to go. The Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are the children of God. Other scriptures say it, the Spirit of God will bear witness with our spirit. Does it say we're led by fleeces? No, it doesn't. Putting out a fleece is dangerous. Why? Because it's the natural realm, isn't it? Okay. The Bible declares that Satan is the god of this world. So the, Satan could actually do what you're asking. Oh, God, do this. And Satan could do it. And you'd be duped into thinking that this was God. And nowhere in the New Testament does it say that we're going to be led by fleeces. It says here, right here, verse 16. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are the children of God. So how can we discern the leading of the Holy Spirit? How can we discern it? 
we look to the hidden man of the heart. Amen? We look for inside information. <laughs> this is on our outline. We look for the hidden man of the heart. How do we discern the leading of the Holy Spirit? It's an inward intuition. Anybody have had that? Oh, I just, an inward intuition. Okay, this is not exact. You have to practice doing this. You understand? Just because you hear this one time doesn't mean you got it. Like I said, Pastor Mayman and I have been doing it for 30 years, and we still don't have it down. We're still learning and growing in it. Inward intuition. The next one is an inward knowing. Sometimes you just don't know how to explain you know, but you know. I just know. That's the Spirit of God bearing witness with your spirit. Sometimes it's a premonition. Sometimes it's a perception. It's a perception. Paul, when he was going to Rome to testify for Jesus in Acts 27, they were getting on this ship. And Paul says to the men of the ship, he says, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with much damage and hurt. He didn't say, God told me. He said, I perceive. I perceive. For us... The biggest thing for us to understand is that you're a spirit being. You have to feed your spirit. If, they're gonna, if your spirit is going to have any strength at all, you have to feed your spirit with the word of God. Jesus says his words are spirit and life. You have to be like a hungry man wanting the word of God. You should get in this word daily. And I am not talking about I'm reading the verse of the day. You need to go after this like your life depends on it. Because the truth is your life does depend on it. Now, to help you all out to think that if I'm led by the Spirit of God and I'm getting this right, everything should be easy for me. Thank you, Amen Corner. <laughs> Your life just became harder. Your life just became harder. As soon as you turn your life over to Christ, you're going to experience hell. Why? The reason why is because when you were in the devil's camp, he didn't have to mess with you. Now that you're out of his camp, just like the Bible declares, he says, Jesus has translated you out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his 
beloved son. Now he's going to try to stop you from moving anywhere forward into becoming like Christ. If being able to be in God's perfect will and there'd be no trouble, that means the Apostle Paul was out of God's will, Apostle Peter, all the disciples were out of God's will because they all ran into trouble. They all ran into trouble. Paul, toward the end of his life, says this. He says that, you know all the trouble that I had. He says that, but God delivered me out of them all. How could he say that? He was going to Rome in prison and get his head chopped off. <laughs> it's because our citizenship is not of this world. We're here for one reason. We're here to tell others about Jesus Christ. We're here to make disciples. This brief moment we have on this earth is worth completely surrendering to Jesus because we will live forever. And like I said before, we're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Every one of us. But he wants to reward you for the way you spent your life. And if we're led by the Spirit of God throughout our lives, we will heap blessing upon blessing upon blessing, and it will be forever. Forever. And the Bible says, watch how you build. It says, Build with gold, silver, precious stones, because then your reward will be great. But if we, we build our lives off of wood, hay, and stubble, which would be reason, flesh, feelings, it says that all get burned up. God has given... We're going to find this scripture. This is where we're going to go. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I want to go to Second Peter. Are you getting something out of this? Are, are, you, are you, you taking the next step into what God wants you to step into? Uh, you have a choice right now. All of us have a choice. Whether I'm going to just hear this and be a hearer only, or if I'm going to do this and I will be blessed. Because only, only the doers will be blessed. And what will happen is that... You, if you don't do it, what's going to happen is that you're going to stand before Jesus and he'll run a video of this whole sermon and say, I told you, but I believe better things for you. I believe that you are a doer of the word of God. I believe that you're hungry for the things of God. 
I believe that you're going to walk in faith, stand in faith, fight the good fight of faith, and agree with the Word of God. Look what it says here. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. 2 Peter. Our God is so good. It says this, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises so that by them you may become partakers of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lusts. Our God is good. Our God is good. There is rich treasure in this book. Rich treasure in this book. This will tell you who you are. Who am I? Ask your creator who you are. There's no confusion. Whoop. You have, if you're a child of the living God right now, you have everything you need to live life and live it more abundantly. You have more than enough to be more than a conqueror through life. That doesn't mean you won't have trouble. That means through trouble, you will be victorious. Because greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. And until we become more spirit conscious, we recognize that we are a spirit being. When we recognize we are who God says we are, you will be living in the flesh and you can't please God. However, because God has laid this out so clear to us, we can start to walk that narrow path and start to speak out who we are in Christ what God has given to us, that we truly are free from fear and we are a child of the living God. We will walk victorious throughout all our lives. Trouble, no trouble, it's not too much for us because greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. The Bible declares these are light and momentary afflictions. It says there that it won't even compare to the weight of the glory which we will be able to experience. Bow your heads. Heavenly Father, I, I love you. I, I just absolutely love you. Spirit of the living God, 
I just love you. I want, I want to be so sensitive to you. And so do these people here. They want to be sensitive to you. They want to learn how to be led by your spirit. They want to walk in your ways. They want to be overcomers in life. They want to submit their lives to you, Jesus. Now I give everybody an opportunity here. You know, the first step in all of this is to be born again. It's only, this blessing happens only for those who are children of the living God. Now here's the thing. You might have many years ago said a prayer. Oh yeah, I said that prayer. I'm saved. Well, God hears those words that you prayed, but then he looks to see if your actions line up with them. If they don't line up with it, the Bible has something to say about that. Because the Bible says, with their lips they claim me, but by their actions they deny me. If you really want your sins forgiven, you want a fresh start with Jesus Christ, I'm asking you to raise your hand high enough so that I can see it. And you can set it right back down. I'm asking, do you want to be born again? Do you want to walk in this greatness that God has given to you? It's available. It's available to you. It's available to me. Praise God.